Hey, oh, hang on, waiting for the, there we go. Hey everybody, welcome to another very exciting episode of No Lights, No Camera Action. And I'm joined, as always, by Jacob. Hello. Uh, and, uh, yeah, before before we get into our uh, main topic, um, you know what? It's been a while. That's right, we're going to make some movies today. Or, we're going to make movies or TV shows. Uh, so here's what I'm going to do. Uh, we're going to do the normal, uh, you know, randomly pick a director, an actor, and an actress. But this time around, uh, yeah, I'll get three options. We, uh, you can either A, make a movie based on a TV show. B, a TV show based on a movie, or combine the two and make yourself a movie that will serve as a pilot for a TV show. So, uh, I'll, uh, which one do you want first? Your director, your actor, or your actress? I'll say actor. Alright. Uh, tell me one. Well, uh, your lead actor is Harrison Ford. All right. Uh. Uh, director or actress? Let's go actress. All right. Tell me when to stop. Helen Mirren, uh, older actress, I believe. Uh, this this is one of the this one is one of the fan suggestions. Uh, let me I I got a quick double check what she's yeah a bit of older actress. Uh, yeah. Well, you I mean you can look at her, the stuff she's been in, but uh, wow, she was in Hobbs and Shaw. <laughs> All right. Not exactly her biggest role, but that's one. All right. Uh, tell me when to stop for a director. In about two seconds. James Cameron. All right. Oh. Got a good combo there. And then I'm going to... I'm going to do my director first, actually. Uh, let's see here. Uh... Guillermo del Toro. Ooh, okay. 
That'll be interesting. I'm gonna do actor next. Tom Kenny? <laughs> oh boy. Uh, and then actress. Um. Oh god, I have a stupid idea. I have a really stupid idea. Um. Gal Gadot. Oh. <laughs> Gosh. Oh, I think I'm gonna go with my stupid idea. So. Yeah. Um, I have, as a reminder, I have Guillermo del Toro, Tom Kenny, and Gal Gadot. You have James Cameron, Harrison Ford, and Helen Mirren. Uh, this, these are going to be some interesting movies and or shows. Um, and of course, if you, if, if you could not tell by the, the, by the prompt for our, uh, movie making and or TV making, for today uh we're gonna be talking about movies based on tv shows and tv shows based on movies now we've already covered a few movies based on tv shows in our uh episode on uh film adaptations um but uh so we're so yeah but we're gonna yeah we're gonna dive right in Let, let's let's do the movies based on tv shows first uh, since, since that's one we've already talked about, so it'll probably, uh, take less time than the TV shows based on movies, uh, well, since... Well, I can start with one for this, if you don't mind. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, one movie that I really like that is based on a TV show is the comedy movie Get Smart. Yes, this was on my list, too, because you introduced me to this movie, yeah. and it's so funny. It's great. It's so good. It's, uh... It, yeah, it's very funny. It's got, you know, Steve Carell and Anne Hathaway are both fantastic in it. Dwayne The Rock um, Johnson does a pretty good job in there. Yeah. Um, Without overshadowing all things. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's very good. Uh, I gotta watch it again, because I actually don't remember a whole lot from it, uh, other than really liking it. Um, yeah, and then it was based off of a TV show that was, like, from back in the 1960s. Yeah, an old TV show. And there's also a play, apparently. Um, yeah, um, it was actually supposed to be Moundsview Spring Play for this year. Uh, unfortunately, that's not happening for reasons. Um, but, yeah, um, that's a thing. So, yeah, that's yeah, that's a good one. Uh, that crosses one off of my list, too, so that's good. Um, I'm trying to, like, I I don't think, I think I mostly have written down ones I didn't bring up on uh, the the episode on adaptations. Um, do I still have that list? I don't have that list. Why don't I have that list anymore? Um, maybe I had it in a different notebook? Oh, well. Um... But, um, I'm just, I'm just, look, I, I couldn't find my list from the last time, but, um, uh, one, uh, I'll bring up one that I don't believe I brought up last time. It, to be fair, last time I tried to stick to, um, films based on TV shows I was actually familiar with, um, that, I, that I, well, TV shows that I actually watched a little bit of, um, 
So this time I'll bring up some uh, that are based on TV shows that I have not seen, uh, although I do want to see at some point. Um, the Charlie's Angels movies. Uh, yeah, it was originally a TV show in, I think, the not 80s, 90s. I, like, it's not super. I'm going to double check that. Um, but yeah, there's three Charlie's Angels movies at this point. Uh, there's uh, the 2000, the, the one that most people are probably familiar with is the the one from 2000 starring um, Cameron Diaz, Drew Barrymore, and Lucy Liu. Um, 70s, seven, 1976 is when the original Charlie's Angels series began. Um, so, um, and uh, I haven't seen its sequel. I haven't seen, so I've seen... I've seen two out of the three movies. I've seen the first one from the 2000, from uh, 2000. Um, I have not seen its sequel from 2003, Full Throttle, but I have seen the 2019 reboot as well. Um, the the 2001 um, is, um, it, it's one of those movies that is like, it's super cheesy. It, and it's, like, kind of terrible, but also really funny and really enjoyable. Um, Bill Murray plays Bosley in that one. He doesn't in the, he doesn't in the sequel, but he, he plays Bosley in that one. And he is the best part of the movie, um, as he usually is, uh, with any movie he's in. Um, but yeah, he's, he's very funny in that. Uh, Tim Curry also plays one of the villains, or... No, it's a fake out. They they like think he's going to end up being the villain, but I I think he actually dies pretty early on. Spoilers, um, but he he's pretty good in it too. Um, yeah, no, it's just a fun movie. I especially really like Drew Barrymore in it as well. Um, and then again, I haven't seen the sequel to that one, but I definitely want to at some point. Um, and uh, then we get to the 2019 one, which was not well received. Um, but I actually really enjoyed it. I, I could have talked about this last episode, actually, um, because this, this movie's not bad. I mean, it's not amazing, but I had a blast watching it. It's got Kristen Stewart, Naomi Scott, and another actress whose name escapes me. Um, but they're all great. Uh, Elizabeth Banks directed it and also plays Bosley, one of the Bosleys, I should say. Um, Patrick Stewart is another Bosley. Um, and this, this movie also, like, even though it's a reboot, it is still, like, it still establishes the early 2000s movies as canon. Which is in, which is interesting. Um, like, like, so, so, like, Patrick Stewart Bosley is having a retirement party. Um, and uh, it's showing, like, pictures of, like, the different... The, well, like, it's it's very interesting. Like, this... Actually, this movie establishes every Charlie's Angels thing as canon. Because it's showing, like, the different Charlie's Angels teams throughout the years. And it shows the original TV team and the mid-2000s movie team. Um... So yeah, it's all canon within the same universe. 
Um, and the way they do it is actually, uh, they, they do it pretty, they do it very interestingly. Um, I, yeah, um, I don't know if it was ever established in any of the previous iterations that there were multiple char, uh, angel teams, but in this one that, that's what's established. Um, and, uh, no, it's, it's got some really cool moments. Kristen Stewart is unexpectedly hilarious. <laughs> Um, I did not expect this kind of performance from the girl who starred in Twilight, but I, I mean, she's been doing very good for her career ever since then. Um, but yeah, no, I, I very much enjoyed her in this movie. Um, this movie also has a lot of really interesting twists and a mid credit scene filled to the brim with cameos. Um... <laughs> Uh, like cameos that you do not expect like they're not like it's not like previous angels after although there is a surprising cameo from one of the original tv angels um uh it's kind of a spoiler for t telling you about her cameo is kind of a spoiler because it that's another very interesting twist um so I'm not gonna spoil that, but yeah, no, I would, I would recommend this movie, honestly, like this, like I genuinely enjoyed the 2019 movie and I ironically enjoyed the 2000 movie. Um, and unfortunately they're probably not going to end up making a sequel because it failed. Um, but I would, I, I would be down for a sequel if they decide to do one. I know, um. I know Elizabeth Banks is like her her next project is like a gender swapped remake of The Invisible Man. Uh -huh. Um, so I don't know how that's gonna go, but um, yeah, I think she's gonna star in that too. I'm not sure. Um, yeah, uh, and I think this was actually. Oh wait, was this? I actually I need to double check whether or not this was Elizabeth Banks's directorial debut. I'm not sure. I'm gonna I'm gonna check that quick. Uh, you can go into another movie if you want. Well, one like one example of this that's always been really interesting to me is one where the movie or movie franchise for a while now has like some degree in the popular culture just kind of completely overshadowed like the thing it was based on, despite that thing also having been popular, and that's the Mission Impossible series. That's based on a TV show? Yeah, it's based on a TV show that started in the 60s and ran for seven seasons. Wow. <laughs> in fact, uh, in fact, the first, like, like, the window podcast started in the first Mission Impossible movie of the Tom Cruise era. There was one that was, there's apparently one before that called Mission Impossible vs. the Mob, but apparently don't talk about that one. Oh, wow. So the movies are tended to the TV show, technically. Huh. <laughs> How about that? Yeah. And it's just always been, like, really interesting to me that it was based off a TV show. Like, like a lot of, like, the same stuff, like, in the movie, like, coming from the TV show, like, the exploding messages and whatnot. Yeah. Because, hey. like, 
is like, as far as I can tell, like overshadowed it like almost completely. Yeah. And it's just like even though it was pretty popular, like popular enough to run for seven seasons. Um. Yeah. Uh, wow, that's, yeah, that's very interesting. I've never actually seen any of the Mission Impossible movies. Uh, I've never really had a particular interest to, but I might check them out at some point. I, I do hear that they're really, that there are some that are really good. Um. Yeah. Uh. But at least they're interesting to see, just because, like, a lot of the stunt work is, like, actually done by Yeah, yeah, no, I know he's, he's very notorious for that. Of not having a stunt double. Yeah. It's, it's entertaining, but also really concerning. I mean, like, more power to him, honestly. Uh, I, I believe. Okay, I, I can't remember which order of the movies it was, but Ghost Protocol, one of the last couple, like, I think it was three movies ago, I think. Uh, there was, like, was it, it was the one of, with the scene where he's, like, climbing on the side of the Burj Khalifa. Mmm. Yeah. Uh, and apparently, in order to... In order to make it so he could actually do that stunt for real for the movie, uh, he had to fire his entire insurance team. Oh my god. <laughs> wow. And get a new one that would let him do it. Wow. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> um, first of all, um, I like how every, so far, every film we've talked about so far is spy-related. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I'm about to break that trend hard. Right, um, Invader Zim, Enter the Florpus. <laughs> Alright, okay, that's Yeah, just, I mean, I don't, like... This is the perfect film. This is the this is the perfect way to bring back your TV show as a film. Like that like there's just so much love put into this movie. It, I mean, it's it's short. It's it's only like 70 minutes, I think. Um but it is packed to the brim with like just it it just feels like the TV show and it's it was so like it was way better than I could have imagined um if you have a Netflix account and were a fan of the show at all uh watch this movie I mean if you're a fan of the show and you have a Netflix account you've probably already seen it but it's just so fun it's so fun, uh, and and it it serves as a perfect, perfect like re like reboot of sorts or or like return of the show. Um, I doubt they'll do more stuff, but like if if they do more stuff, like I I'd like to see what they come up yeah. with. I I don't know that they could do any better than this though. Is, I mean, I'm excited to see what, um, because, I mean, Nickelodeon's been doing this with a lot of their, uh, -huh. uh shows. I, they, I mean, they also did the, uh, Rocko's Modern Life. 
uh, movie, which I haven't seen. I, I never watched the show. Um, I watched one episode of it, I think. Okay. I think, it was, I think the reason that I watched it was because, uh, you know, like, back in the day uh, with the, God, this feels ancient history, but it was just like 10 years ago or something. Uh, back in the day when, like, with the, like, wouldn't it be like VHS tape that have like three episodes of a movie series or whatever on it? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Like there's a bonus episode of just something else at the end. Yeah. I think one of those was an episode of Roger's Minor Life. Uh, yeah. Or uh, Scooby Doo. I think Scooby Doo would make the most sense as the one that I most watched on the VHS, so. That doesn't make sense, like, studio wise, though. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> Because what was it then? That's... <laughs> what was I into like ten years ago other than Scooby Doo and Indiana Jones? Dear God. Oh god. I mean, I don't know. What other Nick shows did you watch? SpongeBob, which leads me to a nice segue into the next one that I wanted to bring up. <laughs> it, okay, yeah, are we gonna talk about the good one or the bad one or both? Uh, I feel like we may as well bring up both. Okay, uh, cool, so cool, cool. With with Quinn. Quinn we watched I them both with Quinn, I thought. I can't remember. I don't think he was there for the second one. Oh, okay. And my god, his reaction to the first one was glorious. <laughs> yeah, because he had never seen it before. We were yeah. shocked to hear but that, and so we showed it to him. And his <laughs> specifically when they get to the part um where uh Mindy gives them mustaches. Uh, just before that, she she has the line, "Well, I guess I'll use my mermaid magic to turn you into men," and we had to pause the movie for a solid five or ten minutes after that because Quinn could not handle the adult humor that neither of us realized was there until this viewing. Um. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, all these shows. Like, like, I had to pick up on the ice cream and Victoria's being standing for alcohol for one. Oh, yeah, that's, I mean, that's great. And for two, the one that also remember got the reaction of Quinn was early in the movie when Plankton is, like, just discovering Plan Z in this file and it unfolds like a porno mag. Oh, yeah, like a centerfold, yeah. No. It was very funny. <laughs> yeah. I mean the second one. Yeah, the second one. The second um one. one of my least favorite movies of all time. Um yeah. and yeah, it's just like And it's so weird because like now I was not looking forward to this movie going to see it, like in fact, the only reason I actually ended up seeing it, well, A, out of spite, um, because I needed to see how bad it was, um, and B, because, um, because I, um, I had bought 
a copy of the the first movie on DVD for like five bucks at Target, and it came with a voucher for a free ticket to the second one. Um, so yeah, I saw the second one in theaters, um, and then suffered through it a second time just to show Jacob how yeah. bad it was. I, I swear I thought Quinn was there too, but he might not have been, I'm not sure. Um, uh, and yeah, and, and the funny thing is, and I've told Jacob this, um, but the voucher, so, so the voucher was good for up to eight dollars. Um, the ticket at, the ticket price at the theater I went to was seven fifty. Um, and it, it just so happened that, uh, my sister was actually going on her very first date that day. Um, and she was going to see a movie, um called the Lazarus effect which apparently was not very good either um and um she you know it was our first date she actually wanted she actually asked my mom to um come along but like you know sit in the far back so that like she didn't bother them um so my mom so like my my sister and her date um had you know gone early had like gone and got their tickets earlier but then uh my mom and i uh came and bought our tickets she she bought her ticket for the lazarus effect and i traded in my voucher for the spongebob uh sponge out of water um and because it was worth eight dollars and my ticket was only 750 it also took 50 cents off of my mom's ticket for the Lazarus effect. So I essentially, my mom got paid 50 cents for me to see this movie. <laughs> and it was still not worth it. <laughs> like, and she didn't even know it either. Like she, like she, I don't think she realized it. That, like, my... But, like, when I saw the receipt, I was like, oh, it took 50 cents off my mom's ticket, too. That's nice. And then I'm pretty sure, like, as, after we got out of the theater, my mom was like, how was your movie? I was like, ugh. Like, <laughs> I was I was not happy. <laughs> um, And, of course, like, you know, I didn't have high expectations at all. Um, And I'm very skeptical about the the third movie whenever it comes out yeah um yeah. uh because it's just i mean they're just ta like here's the thing so at first when they were working on the movie um they said it was going to be like an homage to it's a wonderful life which i was like okay that's going to be terrible <laughs> um and then they, um, and then I don't know what happened. It actually might've been because of Steven Hillenburg's death that it changed, that everything changed. Um, but they changed it to just be, um, where's Gary again? Which like, yeah, that included set up for the Camp Coral shield. So that's 
trying to do. Well, yeah, that I mean that that was established even with the, and that's the th- and that actually ties into the the second part too. I I, I was going to briefly mention that. Um, when we got to TV shows based on movies, because technically that's a TV show based on a movie based on a TV show. Um... Based on a comic. (laughs) Oh my god. I could now, I can legit, as a joke, be like the Spongebob Squarepants movie is the best comic book movie. Because I completely forgot it was originally a comic. The SpongeBob premise was based on a comic that I was given to Taylorburg that I believe in college. Yeah, when when he was because because he went he went to school for marine biology. Um, and yeah, he he made a comic uh that was essentially the first. The, the first SpongeBob that I mean it was very different than SpongeBob, it was very different, yeah. but uh it was yeah, like the thing that like set the whole thing in motion. Yeah, is yeah. There, I mean, it's it really is fascinating. I God, I miss Steven Hohenberg. Yeah. Um, that like, and I'm really not okay with you know the business practices. Yeah. Uh, Nickelodeon is taking since his death. Um, announcing all these spin-offs for the show. And this, I, and I'm not, I, I mean, I will see the third movie, but I'm not going to be happy about it. Yeah. yeah. Um. Hey, so, I question before we on or anything else. Uh, one of my strongest memories of watching the second movie is... Not too dissimilar from one of my strongest memories from that time you played Monopoly for the PlayStation. Oh? Which was our reaction, like, so during the, so during the credits, uh, we were both a bit worn down from the terrible movie that we just watched. And then there, like, during the credits, there's a thing that Squidward does. Uh, like, like, during the credits, there's a thing where, like, all the characters, like, walking by on the bottom of the screen, and when Squidward walks by, he occasionally just switches to, like, the dance. From Culture Shock, yeah. Yeah, from Culture Shock. And I remember us, and I remember us having a laugh about that. Yeah, because I hadn't seen that part before, because I left as soon as the credits started rolling, because yeah. I was furious. I believe you refer to it as one of the best parts of the movie at the time. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was. <laughs> Um, and, and the weird, the weird thing is, because that was us going, that was us having our souls running down, and then just laughing at something that was technically funny at yeah. the end. Oh my gosh! With the foghorn. Oh gosh. <laughs> I like, I I kind of like seeing the Game Grumps playing uh the new Monopoly game. On their channel makes me want to do another Monopoly game with you. I'm up for it. Um. Oh, have have you seen their videos on on the new Monopoly yeah, I game? Yeah, I've been watching those. <laughs> so you, you did you get to like the the newest game they they put out um yeah. just a couple days ago? Yeah, I watched that. Where <laughs> Aaron's just where like the announcer is just like, 
uh, desperate times call for desperate measures. And Aaron's like, you don't know about desperate times? Try running a touring company during the Cup Backstreet Boys reunion <laughs> tour. Yeah. That was so funny. Yeah. And also way too real. Yeah, um, anyway, enough about that. Um, hey, I'm gonna talk about another terrible movie based on a great cartoon. Um, so, you know, there was the original Teen Titans show that, you know, ran for five seasons. Then it got a movie finale. The movie finale of that was actually, like, kind of decent. I don't know. Um... Like, not amazing, not terrible. It was, it was okay. Um, and then, you know, Teen Titans Go starts, and Teen Titans Go is a fucking abomination. Um, but then that got a movie, and that was apparently pretty good. Yeah, so I heard. I did not see Teen Titans go to the movies. Um, I didn't want to, because I thought there was no way it could have possibly been good. Apparently it is good. I don't know how, but, so, the one part of that movie I did see is the post credit scene that teases the return of the original Teen Titans, and I'm like... They made a movie out of that. Yeah, um, so, yeah, what it ultimately ended up setting up is Teen Titans Go versus Teen Titans, um... Now, keep in mind, I did not see the movie Cats. Uh-huh. Um, I didn't want to, because A, I knew it was going to be terrible, and B, I don't like the musical it's based on. Uh-huh. Um, so, keep in mind, this statement is from someone who did not see Cats. Teen Titans Go vs. Teen Titans is the worst movie of 2019. <laughs> um... It's just, like, it... And here's the thing. It knows. It... And this is my biggest <laughs> gripe with Teen Titans Go, is that it knows it's bad. Like, it acknowledges its badness, but isn't making an effort to be better. It's pure lampshading, basically. Yeah, and they also, like... They completely spit in the face of the original Teen Titans. They act like the teen, the original Teen Titans show was all serious, when that is in fact not the case. Yeah. Like, I mean, they had a separate theme song for comedic episodes for crying out loud. <laughs> I forgot about that, actually. Yeah. Like... <laughs> There were, there was comedy in Teen, in the original Teen Titans. They treat the original Teen Titans like it's fucking Batman v Superman or some shit. And that's disgraceful. And I, don't get me wrong, like, it, this movie had some cool ideas. Like, the whole premise is that, like, basically the Teen Titans go Trigon and it is working to try to resurrect the Teen Titans Trigon so that they can team up and destroy the world. Um, and to do this, he basically disguises himself as 
like the game master or something i don't know um and like bring is like oh i'm having a tournament to decide the best wait, version wait. of each hero wait, wait, wait real quick real quick so trigon is trying to try god in order to become hexagon dude they actually make that joke in the movie i'm not joking they actually like there's a point in the movie where i believe teen titans trigon eats teen titans go trigon and then they fuse and become hexagon that's actually in the movie that's actually i'm not joking that's in the movie and then they're defeated by basically like the Teen Titans bring together every alternate universe version of themselves. So like there's the Young Justice Teen Titans, there's the original like 60s cartoon Teen Titans. Um there's Teen Titans from a universe where they're all mermaids for some reason. There's a universe where they're all pets for some reason but you know that actually is a dc like multiverse thing yeah i i know but like i i, I don't know there there's just some there's some dumb ones in there um this is also not reminding me of an episode of batman the brave and the bold but i'll get to that after um later. uh but yeah no it and it had some cool ideas like the the whole idea was like um how like the the like original trigon got resurrected was basically like cracking open the jewel on raven's forehead to un to literally unleash her inner demon essentially to summon trigon and yeah so it had some cool ideas um but it's just terrible it's so bad <laughs> Go to your next thing. I'm eating my monster cookie. So anyways, real quick before I go into the next thing, uh, I just wanted to quickly mention, they reminded me of the episode of Batman the Brave and the Bold. I think it took two episodes, obviously. Because there was the two episodes thing where, like, his alternate universe evil Batman, like, comes to the Brave and the Bold universe. And then, Brave and the Bold universe, Batman goes over to the ugly uh, universe where all the villains, like, all the characters have the morality swapped. Okay. Yeah. And then they come, and then he comes back, and then the evil Batman, being Batman, has broken out of the thing he was imprisoned in and taken over the city. Mm. And okay. taken out like all the superheroes. Mm -hmm. And so, like at the end of the, like, also features like rare team up between Batman and Joker. Oh. Because in the alternate, in the morality swap universe, uh, Batman ended up teaming up with. The Red Hood version of Joker. Wait, what? Because like, like one of like the Joker's theorized like alternate egos, like before he had the accident, was the Red Hood, which is where Jason Todd gets his superior name from. Wait, so he teams up with that guy. Wait, that's actually wait. Is that actually a thing? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> huh. Well, how about that? Yeah. And so that inspires me to give main universe Joker a chance in the situation, and it backfires, obviously. But yeah. Like, wow. At the end of the like at the end of the 
dealing with like dealing with the alternate universe Batman because he can't quite defeat him on his own and Joker portrayed him was to summon a bunch of other Batman from alternate universes. Yeah. And at least and at least to this moment, because like so Batman one of Batman's things is like someone talking to him and then turn around and Batman disappeared. And it's like or like him escaping from like like really elaborate like traps and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, they make a joke about this because like okay one because like before he activates the world to go get the other Batman, uh, he <coughs> sorry he like gets trapped in a thing and escapes through a wormhole and then when he comes back up on the other Batman, Batman one of the characters one of the other trapped superheroes goes that's how he does it wormhole that's how he does it nice. Um, that that also reminds me, um, next, whenever we're actually able to, you know, meet in person again, um, I gotta show you Batman v Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, God, yeah. Because that movie is legitimately awesome. (laughs) It is, like, everything that Teen Titans Go versus Teen Titans wishes it could have been. Anyway, yeah, move move on to your next movie, and then we'll probably after this one we'll probably move on to TV shows based on movies. Actually, considering time and what's happening later, so we may as well switch around to that now. All right. Um, I I will say one quick, just one one other one I want to um briefly touch on. Um, Space Jam has aged poorly. Sorry, guys. Um, that's all I wanted to say on that. Space Jam has yeah. aged poorly. Um, I oh, loved it as a kid. It it's not good. <laughs> I guess before I get to another thing, before I get to what I actually want to talk about for the next one, uh, I, I feel like I should probably just from, from obligation mention that the Star Trek movies exist, and some of them are pretty good, apparently. No, oh, yeah. Um. Anyway. So, anyways, Star Wars: The Clone Wars. Oh, yeah. That's. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Series based on the prequel trilogy for Star Wars that does the immense task, that performs the immense feat of making all the characters likable besides just being memes, and actually having some good and interesting stories in there, despite like the taint of the prequel trilogy, just like rising above them by such a high, such a high amount. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I. I- and I only watched a little bit of Clone Wars. I basically watched the arc where Darth Maul returned, and that was it. Um, I do want I some at some point. Hell, I'll probably end up binge watching it once I'm done with classes, and once I've actually watched some other shows I need to watch. Um, but yeah, especially since they're. I mean, they'll have the last season done by the time I am done with classes. Yeah. So. Um, have you been watching that, uh, last season? Uh, I need, I want to catch up with the previous seasons first. Fair enough. Because, yeah. Because, like, I watched it, like, when it was out on TV, and then I recently, and then I discovered when watching that again that most of the episodes I've seen are from the first season. Yeah. <laughs> Even though I felt like I watched it over a much longer time span than that, but apparently it was just in season one that I watched it, so. Yeah. That was an interesting discovery for uh. me. Yeah, actually, good segue for the first one I want to talk about. Um, Real quick comment, I guess. Uh, also, Clone Wars. Interesting, because it's based off a movie based on the other movies, which is the Clone Wars movies, which was also terrible. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. into your thing. Uh, the Mandalorian. 
probably the best Star Wars thing to come out since the original trilogy. Um, arguably, um, you know, say what you want about the sequels. I, you know, I, again, there's not, I've, I've mentioned this before. Star Wars and Spider-Man are both franchises that I cannot hate no matter how bad they are. Um, and, um, yeah, the Mandalorian's fucking awesome. And I feel like we don't even need to say any more on that. I just wanted to talk about the Mandalorian so I could have an excuse to have Baby Yoda in the thumbnail. Um, <laughs> literally, the thumbnail is just Baby Yoda and the logo. Yeah. Also, there's really important second season for that because one of the characters apparently that's coming to the second season of Mandalorian is Ahsoka from the Clone Wars series. Yeah, played by Rosario Dawson, who's a great yeah. actress. Look forward to seeing what they do with that. Yeah, I'm I'm very excited for that. Another reason I want to binge watch Clone Wars so that I can get invested in Ahsoka Tano. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. I'm very excited for season two as well, and they've already confirmed a season three is in development. So yay. Right. Um. Also, Baby Yoda. Um, more evidence that um, more movies and TV shows should use practical effects rather than CGI. Yeah, like, yeah, like, things in general just become, like, too reliant on CGI. Things. Yeah, like, I, re I really... Like, the advantage is to come up with practical effects, like, even if it's, even if it's less technically practical at times, like... Yeah, I really... My biggest hope um, is that... Um, Warner Brothers learns a lesson from The Mandalorian because they're making a Little Shop of Horrors remake right now, which is actually a good segue into another thing I wanted to talk, talk about in this category. Um, uh, they're making a Little Shop of Horrors remake, and my biggest hope is that they don't make Audrey 2 CGI because it looks oh, so yeah. good in the original as a puppet. Oh, yeah. Make it a puppet, please. <laughs> um. Speaking of which, I, I hope you don't mind me doing two in a row, um, right. but that's a perfect segue for um, Little Shop, which is a cartoon. In, now, a lot of weird cartoons based on movies came out in the 90s. Um, we're obviously not going to talk about all of them, um, but um, this is one I wanted to bring up specifically because this one's very weird. Um, it only lasted for 13 episodes, um, one of which you can't even find in English for some reason. Uh, you can find them all on YouTube, though. Um, and I watched the first two episodes. It's bad. <laughs> um, now, here's the interesting thing. Um, this isn't actually based on the musical film from 1986. It's trying to trick you into thinking it's that, but that that film is copyrighted by Warner Brothers, and this aired on Fox Kids. What isn't copyrighted, however, is the original Little Shop of Horrors movie from 1960 that the musical that the musical movie is based on is based on. So. This is 
a cart so so basically there was the little shop of horrors in 1960 that spawned the musical which spawned the musical movie which is way better than the original movie by the way um uh and then it also spawned this the original movie spawned this cartoon um you can tell because they call Audrey to Audrey Jr., which was its name in the original movie. Um, and obviously, this is a kid's show, so a plant that eats blood isn't necessarily a good concept for a kid's show. So Audrey Jr. just eats meat in this cartoon, not blood, just meat. Um, which, you know, kind of ruins the point. Like, that makes it a lot easier to satisfy the plant. Yeah. <laughs> um. Also, Seymour and Audrey are depicted as little kids in this version. For some reason. It's... Because uh -huh. they're adults in, in every other iteration of Little Shop. But in this cartoon, they're kids. And also, Audrey is Mr. Mushnik's daughter in this version, for some reason. It, it's very weird. And this, another way this cartoon tries to trick you into thinking it's based on the musical movie is the fact that they do have musical numbers. But rather than being like Broadway, like show tune style, they're all hip hop because it's the 90s. And they're all <laughs> terrible. It, mm, uh, you, you bring up one now. Okay, well, one, I guess you can tell me an animated series based on non-animated things, so bring up at least one more, I guess. Uh, uh, one based off of a movie that both of us are pretty decent fans of, and that's Ghostbusters. Oh, yeah, real Ghostbusters. Yeah, real Ghostbusters. Uh, Which, I've never like seen the show. Is is the show good? Sorry, what was that? Is the show good? I've never seen it. Uh, it's apparently pretty good. No uh -huh. It's like, it's basically just like an animated show following the Ghostbusters and also Slammer because kids show they need a mascot. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, various adventures and like, I, 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 I haven't watched the show but I keep encountering things from the show just like the other things. Like the episode where they battle Cthulhu. Oh my god. <laughs> and the episode... <laughs> I believe that episode's called Collect Call of Cthulhu. Nice. And the... And there's, a, no, there's an episode of the show where they go into Egon's backstory by establishing the reason he went into ghostbusting was as a way to combat the boogeyman who is actually real and actually messed with him as a kid. Huh. Interesting. There's a um, bunch of like other random things. Yeah. Also, a random detail that I love from the from that I that I love that's in the show is that uh, so sometimes it's an issue of continuity between like the shows and the movies, probably because like they can't always get the actors for the TV show and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Because film actors don't they can, but like a lot of like the big name ones really cross over into TV shows. Yeah. Uh, we'll get into that later. <laughs> yeah. With Wonder Park. Yeah. 
so uh, they do it. They make an They have an interesting workaround for that in that the movie is canon to the TV show as a movie based on actual events from the TV show that happened before the show started. Oh, I think you've told me that. Yeah, yeah. So like, <laughs> that is a good way to do it. So within the universe, like they, I believe there's a scene where like they talk about like how, like talk about like their casting choices and like that's how from the casting choices in the movie or something. And it's just like a really fun way of just like handling that. Yeah. <laughs> Which. Yeah. Uh, remind me. Well, like that. That reminds me. At some point. Um, A, we gotta do more dubs, and B, yeah. I need to firmly establish that that sort of thing is also canon in dubbers, because, <laughs> you know, we've dubbed Mario and Zelda games, but we've also established that there are characters who cosplay Mario and Zelda characters. <laughs> so, and it's all in one universe. Uh, because Alex and I said so. a good idea for a christmas episode too that's actually a really clever idea um yeah um speaking of uh cartoons based on um live action movies the napoleon dynamite cartoon now yeah, yeah um so Um, my, my dad, um, uh, may he rest in peace, uh, he introduced me and my sister to the Napoleon Dynamite movie, uh, when we were younger, um, because it was one of his personal favorites, um, and it quickly became one of mine, for sure, and, and my sister's as well, um, and then they eventually announced that they were going to be doing a Napoleon Dynamite cartoon, with all of the original cast members. Uh, which, as you just stated, is very uncommon. Yeah. Um, so, me and my sister were very excited, and so was my dad, and we ended up, be- because my my mom wouldn't let us watch the cartoon at home, um, mm-hmm. we ended up basically, um, once all the episodes were on uh, Fox's website, um... We we basically binge watched the show at my dad's house. Now this was pretty easy because let me just look it up a bit, uh, <laughs> real quick. Um, I I need to double check exactly how many episodes there were because it wasn't a lot. <laughs> because uh, well, it wasn't good. Um, 
Six episodes. <laughs> so even less than the Little Shop cartoon. Half the episodes of the Little Shop cartoon, in fact. Um, yeah, no, this show is bad. Um, the first half is just, like, it's just, like, boring and unfunny. And then, like, the second half of the episodes, they just basically tried to reuse jokes from the movie. Um, and let me tell you, the Napoleon Dynamite dance scene is way less entertaining in animation than it is in live action. Oh yeah, I can imagine. Way less! Um... Yeah, like, I mean, people who criticize the Disney remakes argue there are, are a lot of things that you can do in animation that you can't do in live action, and I agree with that sentiment, but this show proves that there are also some things you can do in live action that you can't really pull off in animation. Yeah. Um... Actually, actually I have, like, a really short story, like, fairly short story, uh, regarding Napoleon Dynamite stuff. Yeah? I said in elementary school, uh, I had a friend who got into the Napoleon Dynamite movie, I remember we watched it like and watched it together. And I remember like a couple of years later, like into middle school, like, I heard the show would like happen. I think probably from you actually. I'm not sure though. Yeah, probably. Because that would have been a, it was two thousand yeah, I just looked it up. It was two thousand twelve, so that would have been like right when we started becoming friends. Yeah. So then I remember like later, like going back like bringing up the show, like going to him and like asking and saying, "Hey, I hear there's an Napoleon Dynamite TV show," and his entire response to that was, "Yeah, it sucks." And then we never talked about it again. Yeah, that's fair. It did suck. Um, what else you got? Uh, I definitely had something, but I got distracted by Ghostbusters. One sec. All right, I'll bring uh, up one like really quick, like one really yep. quick one that I can bring up is that. Oh. Is the Sarah Connor Chronicles the TV show, the TV show that was based off the Terminator movies? Oh yeah, is that any good? Uh, apparently it's pretty good. All right, cool. Like, a lot, I'm noticing a trend with these of I haven't watched this, but I hear it's pretty good. A number of these shows. For yeah, <laughs> and then I'm listing a lot that are bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, that I have seen. Um, and now this one, uh, is a little different. Um, so this is a Disney Channel show that I remember watching in its entirety, um, that no one really talks about, ever, and that's probably because it's not technically a Disney Channel show. Um, it was originally made for, like, a Canadian broadcast network, but in America it was broadcast on Disney Channel, and it was based on a movie as well, and they broadcast the movie on Disney Channel 2, um, which led to a lot of confusion for me, because it seemed like it was a Disney Channel original movie, but it wasn't labeled as such. Um, and now I, now that I'm older, I understand why, because it technically wasn't a Disney Channel original movie. The, mo the movie slash show I'm talking about is My Babysitter's a Vampire. Oh god, that! Yeah! This show and movie exists, and it's all on Netflix ah, now. Okay, I, me I remember watching a couple episodes of 
the TV show and being vaguely aware that the movie existed and thus having no idea what certain things were going on about. Oh, I watched it all when I was I watched it all when I was a kid. Um and I rewatched the movie and the first couple episodes recently. Holy shit, why did they allow this on Disney Channel? <laughs> There's a lot of like adult themes in it that you yeah. don't usually see on Disney Channel. It's very clear this was not made for Disney Channel. I think they might have actually censored some stuff on Disney Channel. Um, I'm not entirely sure. But, yeah, it's, yeah, I mean, I it's... Stuff like, that. like, I remember one episode, like, at the end of one episode, where, like, like they, they were playing around with some, like, bring things back from the dead shenanigans in the episode, and, like, it answers the back, like, bringing back what I... What I'm assuming was the villain from the movie. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That is the thing. Remember like that, like the scene where like I, I think it was like a scene where like sticking his hand out of the, like out of the dirt or something. And I remember that being like a lot creepier than like I was used to seeing on Disney Channel. Yeah, no, it's it's there is some very like creepy stuff in it, but also like some sexual stuff too. Like in the yeah, um, I I want to watch the rest of the show again. Um, because it is also super cheesy, and I love it. Um, and, and I guess one thing to note about it is that, um, the main actress went on to have a supporting role in Riverdale as Cheryl's girlfriend. So, she's doing well. Yeah. None of the other actors have really done anything significant, unfortunately, but, oh well. Okay, do you have two others because I have one more and a bullet point. Um, I have, I have one more bullet point that I found like what the fuck while I was researching and two that I can briefly mention that'll be a good segue for the movie. Okay, mine. Uh, let's do bullet points first because my bullet point was also a what the fuck that I found during research. Yeah. Uh, and that is the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles. Oh, I've heard of that. <laughs> which is something that I didn't know exists, and I'm honestly kind of surprised I don't exist. Yeah, I've heard of that. Which is a TV show based on the Indiana Jones movies, which got two seasons, and I'm kind of morbidly curious about them now, because, like, on IMDb, it's listed as being pretty alright. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, I I'm heard... I'm also kind of interesting, but interesting about that, because, like, they're kind of, like, from what I hear, they're planning on doing a similar thing with the Uncharted movie, where instead of, like, following, like, the adult version of the characters, following the kid version of the characters. Yeah, played by Tom Holland. Yeah. Which, even though I haven't played the Uncharted movies, I'm, I, I mean, the games, um, I'm excited for that movie. Yeah. Whenever uh, it comes out. Having just finished playing up, playing, playing up, playing the original trilogy of the Uncharted movies, I'm also pretty excited for the movie, because I look forward to seeing, like, what they... Because I really like the games other than, like, certain aspects of the combat. I'm looking forward to seeing just, like, basically Uncharted minus the parts of the gameplay that I don't like. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And also, like, and also now having played, like, the, one of the Uncharted games where Tom Holland, like, where Tom Holland was featured, where young Nathan Drake is featured, I'm really excited. I'm now, like, a bit more in favor of the casting of Tom Holland as Nathan Drake. Yeah, I yeah I'm I I mean I love Tom Holland so like yeah. I'm very excited for it. Um, oh. 
So here's my what the fuck. And I this is even more what the fuck, I think. Because... So... In my... Uh, approaches to film class last semester, you know, I got introduced to a lot of classic movies, many of which being regarded as some of the best movies of all time. One of my personal favorites being Casablanca. There are apparently two shows based on Casablanca. Both just called Casablanca, and they're both prequels. And no. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I'm like, I haven't, and like, I now desperately want to watch both of these because I'm morbidly curious at how bad they could possibly be. Because there's no way they could be it. I mean, you're, you're taking one of the greatest romance films of all time, turning it into two different prequel TV shows, so it wouldn't even, like, get into, like, the, the great romance at that point. Like, well, maybe a little bit, because I don't, I don't know. Like, no. No. I don't want like... Alright, yeah, that's that's my what-the-fuck bullet point. Uh, what do you got? Oh, sorry, one sec. So I get... Give me a moment, I was trying to look up where I could watch the Young and the Young Jones Chronicles. <laughs> Apparently, Once Upon a Time is on Netflix, but it doesn't seem like it's currently on there, which is weird, because all the movies are. Yeah. At the very least, it's not coming in for I'm searching on the website that's listing everything. Anyways, uh, one of the last ones that I like, the last one I wanted to bring out was one that I started, one that I actually have seen as a nice change of pace for me here. <laughs> yeah. And that is a TV show that recently, I believe it's recently got a new season, or is getting a new season, uh, based on a long, and now long-running and beloved franchise of movies, uh, Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh! Yeah. yeah. I watched the like, I watched the first two and a half seasons and then I stopped watching T V shows as a whole. Yeah. So don't read that as a quality but I I really enjoyed the show, I just stopped watching shows in general for a long period of time. Yeah. I, well, I mean I think it was of school. You got time now. I got time now. I started kinda of where in the middle of season three I stopped, like episode wise. I remember yeah. where I stopped. Anyway. Yeah, that's yeah, another one I might I might check out once I finish some others. Agents of Shield is like a lot better than I, it would have, a lot better than I would have expected it to be. Like going into it, uh, they have some like while unfortunately the show never ties into the movies with like appearances in the movies, which is a shame because I feel like a couple of the characters could be interesting in the movies. Uh, like the reactions to the main characters with Bill Colson coming back, but. Doing it as a duplicate, but maybe they'll come back in the new TV shows for it. Anyways, yeah, I'm rambling. I'm getting sidetracked. Well, they have some like fun and fun, interesting like tie-ins like to the movies, like event-wise, like in TV show because like 
for one, like, several episodes, like, Frank is, like, cleanups for, like, shit that happened in the movies. Like, there was one episode that starts with them cleaning up the events of Thor the Dark World. Mm. And then they have a really... I don't want to... Okay. I, I, wanna, I don't want to spoil it for you in case you start watching the show, but on the other hand, it's a really cool thing, but they have a... I'll just try to be vague about it. They have just, a really, really cool way of tying in Captain America Winter Soldier. Look... Okay, first of all, I haven't even seen Winter Soldier yet. <laughs> Do you know what happens in Winter Soldier? I mean, I have a basic gist. <laughs> Just tell- Look, dude. Okay, fair enough, fair confession enough. time. I spoiled Endgame for myself before I saw it, so you could- I don't care about MCU spoilers. Fair enough, fair enough. But for anyone who cares, skip forward a bit, I guess. Uh, so in uh, Captain America: Winter Soldier, it is revealed that she, like it, that Shield has been like secretly infiltrated and taken over by Hydra. Oh yeah, yeah. And like in 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 Captain America: Winter Soldier, like everyone's like that was a secretly agent of Hydra, like revealed, like basically like comes out like in terms of world domination, makes a world domination attempt. Mm-hmm. The way this is tied in the show is that like since they're agents of Shield, like they're like a lot more like directly cutting to things, like, the rest of the season added that becomes, like, directly combating, like, one character from earlier in the show that become, has become an antagonist now. And for, like, several seasons afterwards, another character who was where repercussions, like, going on to several seasons later, uh, one of the characters who's positioned as one of the main characters of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is revealed to be a Hydra agent, like, secret Hydra agent, and then becomes, like, the main antagonist of the series for several seasons. Nice. And it's really cool. Yeah. And it, uh, ah, man, I need to get back to watching that show. Yeah. I'm, 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 I am also intrigued by the fact that Ghost Rider's in a season. Yeah. Also, like, they do the Inhumans way better than the movie for the Inhumans, which exists, but no one remembers because it was shit. Oh, yeah. Well, no, no, it wasn't a movie. It was a TV show. It was originally going to be a movie, but they made it a TV show instead. Right, 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 right. The pilot of that was shit, then. Yeah. I don't remember them doing anything with that after, like, the original airing of, like, the pilot or whatever. Yeah. Well, yeah, because it was so shit, it only lasted for one season. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but they do think he was a lot better in the TV show. Yeah, so I've heard. Um. Yeah, um... Since, since my other, like, two brief mentions uh, are a segue for our uh, first Alphabet movie, what? Two Alphabet movies in one episode? Oh my god. Which also managed to keep in mind the theme for the episode. Yeah. Um, of course you guys know one of them, but you don't know the other yet. What? The mystery. Um... Uh, let's let's go over our movies and or TV shows. Um, I'll go I'll go first. Mine's super quick because it's I immediately came up with a stupid idea and didn't come up with a better idea, so I'm just going with the stupid idea. Um, as a reminder, my thing is being directed by Guillermo del Toro and stars Tom Kenny and Gal Gadot. Um, and what immediately came to mind. Now, again, I'm not a fan of the whole, like, Spongebob spinoff thing, but me and a lot of my friends have 
thought that like the one way to do like a good SpongeBob spinoff would actually to be to make it for adults, like have like 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 just make it like an like an adult swim show essentially like a like way like ramp up uh, the adult humor underwater um and Sorry. so um what i have come up with is basically just the shape of water but with spongebob <laughs> As soon as I saw Guillermo del Toro and Tom Kenny, I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> and Gal Gadot, you know, you, you know, she, she's pretty. She, she, she works. It works. <laughs> Told you it was stupid. Go on to yours. Okay, compared to yours, I don't mind, like, it's fairly straightforward, actually. I got Harrison Ford, James Cameron, Harry, and Helen Mirren. And I just... Probably because I got probably because I just finished like the end the, the first the Uncharted games. Probably because just like the association of Harrison Ford and the character, but I just like went with a standard like like not knowing that young Indiana Jones Chronicles existed. I went with a Indiana Jones TV show, huh. following older Indiana Jones facing off against Helen Mirren and the organization that she leads in a race to get to. Atlantis. Let's go by Atlantis. Nice. I wasn't set on a specific thing because I'm not too versed in mythical lost treasures. <laughs> so be sure, like, so be a longer form, like, basically a longer form version of an Indiana Jones plot, just like giving like more like room for like details and exploration in smaller setting and whatnot. With the Atlantis setup, we could cross over. <laughs> <laughs> Indiana Jones is just like is like just just walking around Atlantis and then he like like opens a door to a room and it's like whoa what is going on in here and just like well Gal Gadot is <laughs> having relations <laughs> with Spongebob God it's like He's like, what's next? A Jurassic Park parody with chickens fucking humans? <laughs> That's a reference to uh, the last miserable movie Monday, which we recorded immediately before this episode. <laughs> like literally an hour ago. Yeah. Um, and with that... Uh... <laughs> oh, God. Um, let's move on to our film alphabet challenge. Yeah. Anyway, um, uh, so now, um, yeah, first off, we have our W movie, which was chosen by Jacob, teased at the end of last episode. We he picked Wonder Park. You like to give a brief synopsis of that? 
Okay, so Wonder yeah. Park is an animated Nickelodeon movie setting up a TV show based on the movie, so that's why it fits into the theme for this episode. Starting June as a really creative, just like kid who's like, I remember, I remember like when I was starting the movie, I was thinking for like a fitness and verb but restrained the budget. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, so like think like the first episode of Facing the Perfect says they're restrained to budget, so they just have to use random stuff from around the house, like make a roller coaster. That's, mm-hmm. that's like the level that this character's on in terms of like creativity and whatnot. Who's like having fun, like, like who has fun, like making it up this like amusement park with her mom that she calls Wonderland, not Wonder Park, but Wonderland, which annoys me personally. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> I get it. Like starring like these random, like starring these animal character mascots based on her stuffed animal, and then her, but then her mom gets sick with nondescript illness and has to go away to get treated, and like in the meantime, like she gets like really paranoid about her dad's health. And so, and so, like, like in, about like safety in general. And so, like, her dad basically forces her to go to math camp to try and be a kid again. And she gets concerned that her dad will just waste away like everyone during quarantine. <laughs> okay, like side note, like literally, I was watching that. I was watching the scene where like she's like freaking out about like, like coming up with like a. Like a worst case scenario for what your dad's going to do for health, and I was just thinking, man, I feel like I'm personally being insulted. Yeah. <laughs> 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 anyway, uh, so she escapes from the math camp school bus that she's like the busted math camp, wanders in the forest, and then discovers Wonderland in the forest, being taken taken over by chimpanzee zombies because like she. She and Ron stopped working on Wonderland, so it fell into disrepair and got taken over by "quote unquote" the darkness. That's literally just what it's called. Yeah. And then from there, it follows her and the other animal mascots, starring which are a bear, two beavers, a monkey. How do you give names? A bear named Boomer, two beavers whose names I've never actually quite remembered. A monkey named Peanut, who like was the one like in the kindness of the like. In the, in the universe of the park is responsible for making all the rights and stuff. Mm-hmm. A boar named Greta and then a, a porcupine named Steve? Yes. Played by John Oliver. Yes. Um, and... Probably not getting back from the TV show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, well, yeah, I, I was going to get then, into that. <laughs> and then it... And then it ends with, like, her, like, June, like, Rediscovering like her drive to be creative, like in uh, drive to be creative, which she lost when her mom got sick, and mm-hmm. then helping like helping like restore the park, and then going back and basically getting back into the swing of things with her own life. Uh yeah. Um. So initial thoughts. Uh, my initial thought thoughts are that okay, I haven't seen a kid. Is this a kids movie? There's, yeah. Like, well, yeah. And I haven't seen a kids movie in a while, and I can't quite tell what specific things I have problems with. Like, I, and I'm trying to like, and I figured I'd have problems with some things just because it's a kids movie. So I tried to say, well, like, keep an open mind about like who the target audience is and things I'm watching. And for the most part, that helped some things with it. But there's just like, a lot of small things that really bothered me in the movie. It just kept adding up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I will. Yeah, I will say I felt uh, similarly. Um, as was teased in the last episode, the reason Jacob chose this is because um, he he and I had actually both seen a video about this. I believe I'm pretty sure we saw the same video. Um, Probably. I, I, I never can. Yeah, I I never confirmed it, but basically, so the story of this movie is that it originally had a director who was actually making his directorial debut, and he's a former Pixar animator. Um, uh, more on that in a bit. Um, but he got fired from the movie for sexual misconduct. Because this was this was made right in the middle of the Me Too movement. Yeah. Um, Yeah, and so it and it definitely shows that this yeah. movie did not have a director. Um, it it feels very disjointed. Um, like it's and it you know it had some good ideas yeah. for sure. Um, yeah, I really I really do like the premise of it. Um. Uh, the the guy in the video does point out that this movie is essentially just My Neighbor Totoro meets Inside Out meets the first ten minutes of Up, um, and that's valid. It meets the premise of the first episode of Phineas and Ferb. Yeah, 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 Phineas and Ferb <laughs> as well. Um, uh, yeah, um, uh... And, um, that's weird. I don't, like, have a lot of specific things to say about this movie because, like, it's just kind of, eh. Um, um, Jacob did mention John Oliver. Um, first of all, by far the best part of the movie. Agreed. <laughs> He's, like... Within the first two minutes, he made me laugh out loud with with his line about like, like there is no joke about de- there is nothing funny about dehydration. Like yeah. it just cracked me up. No, the, the, the one that really got me was the one where like June was trying to explain to everyone how like Wonderland is supposed to then more things for imagination, and then. Yeah, he he's got a lot of really they certainly give him a lot more to do in this movie than they did in the Lion King remake. Gosh. Yeah. Um like he like oh gosh, I want more movies with John Oliver <laughs> voicing characters. Yeah. Oh, Apparently he's in the Smurfs. <laughs> which I didn't know. Um, yeah, and I'm also, like, a little, like, also the John Oliver's, like, role in the movie, I'm a little surprised by, like, how, like, John, I'm both am and am not surprised by how John Oliver, Oliver read a lot of the jokes are, because, like, they're, like, the humor is, like, it's definitely along the lines of, like, John Oliver's normal humor. Yeah, I, f- I feel like they yeah. let him ad-lib a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> uh. So a lot of, like, so a lot of the jokes, like. Oh yeah. Um, but I was gonna mention as well. I mean, this movie does have a lot of other celebrity cast yeah. voices. Um, Jennifer Garner plays the mom. Mm-hmm. 
Um, Matthew Broderick plays the dad. Um, <clears throat> the gophers named Gus and Cooper are voiced by Keenan Thompson and Ken Jeon. Ah, okay. Um, Greta, the, uh, the warthog is voiced by Mila Kunis. <laughs> of all people. Um, yeah, and here's the, th like, you know, um, J Jacob, you, I mean, I, I know you, you often take issue with, um, animated movies these days casting celebrities just because yeah. they can uh and just to like market the movie off of them yeah. um and and i've never really had that big of an issue with it but this movie like after watching this movie i'm like okay i get it not because like any of these celebrities do a bad job i mean as we said john oliver is amazing yeah. Yeah. um but, like, apart from him, these characters just could have been voiced by anyone. Yeah, they really could have. And also, like, I get that they're based on her stuffed animals, but an another thing the, the guy in the video mentions is that the, the characters don't really have, like, creative designs. I mean, they are basically yeah, just the animals that they're, that they are. Yeah, they're just, like, we're just, like, really, it's, like, That's it. Um, yeah, th this movie does feel... It, it, it also, like... It has such an, like a cool premise, but it does feel very paint-by-numbers. Paint or yeah. by-the-numbers um, in its plot and the way it plays yeah. out. Because, like, 
baseline, like a lot of movies baseline just getting to a certain like getting to locations. And it's not like it's bad like Star Wars where it's like, hey, we have a problem, we need to go to here to get to the pop and this should this solution did this solution to this problem and so on and so forth. Like and that's the entire thing. But like words. Sorry, I got words. <laughs> Sorry. Uh since so much of the plot is based around getting to certain parts of the amusement park, I feel like they should have at some point established the geography of the amusement park at some point. Yeah, yeah, like, that would have been like, good. <clears throat> like, when the movie's based around getting from one place to another, it's helpful to know where they are in relation to each other. Yeah. Maybe it could be worth the novel just, oh, it's fantastic the amusement park doesn't have, like, a stable geography or anything, but it has a blueprint. One of the big, like, emotional parts in the early part of the movie is her burning, is June burning the blueprint for the park that exists and states that the park has an actual specific layout. But, and then, like, later parts of the plot are based around her trying to interpret a blueprint for a, a part of the park. Mm-hmm. And it's just, like, you really, I really should have established the geography of the park in some way. Yeah. Rather than, like, one, like, overshot that doesn't really, like, tell you anything about where anything is. Yeah. Also, like, w one other thing I'd like to point out the plot, and this is another thing that the guy in the video covered, so I, I apologize for just sort of reiterating yeah. his points. Um, check out the video. You can probably find the video by just searching um, why movies need directors, Wonder Park. Yeah, by affordable ideas. Um, yeah, um... He, um, like, even though the mom's illness is what kicks off the conflict, the movie isn't really about that. Yeah. Like, it, it could have been anything that, you know, made her sad and wanted to, um, you know, stop working on Wonder Park. But, like, the mom's, it, it just feel like, it felt like the, the movie should have dealt, like, it would have been better if it delved more into, like, how she was dealing with her mom's illness. Um. I, could build a, I, I know as a kid's movie, then, like, they, like, the thing is, like, have a happy ending for a kid's movie, where I feel like the fact that the mom just comes back and is fine at the end of the movie kind of undermines a lot of, of that middle that was there. Yeah. And especially since, like, we're not given a clear timeline for how long the mother was so it feels like the university was a week. Yeah. Also, this is just kind of a nitpicky thing, but her uncle looks just like Al from Toy Story 2. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that, that does actually, like, I mean, that's a bit of a joke, but it does bring me to another point I wanted to make. The animation style feels very discount Pixar, which makes sense since it was at least partially directed by a former Pixar animator. Um, and, um, yeah, it just, like, you know, it's not bad animation, unlike the trailer for the TV show, which I found. Oh, Holy boy. shit. Well, yeah, I mean, I knew it would be worse and worse quality than the movie, but, like, holy shit, it looks bad. <laughs> um, you, you gotta look for that trailer, too. It's, like, uh, so, so the, and I wanted to talk about the, I have 
I'm out of specifics for the movie, but I wanted to talk about the quote-unquote upcoming TV show, Adventures in Wonder Park, because according to Wikipedia, the show was meant to come out in 2019. It hasn't come out. The (laughs) The trailer that you can find on YouTube doesn't have a release date. Um, IMDB says 2020, so maybe, um, the, the show is going to be called Adventures in Wonder Park, um, and this is, of course, the, the third Nickelodeon show, uh, I didn't even mention the first two, uh, that I was going to bring up, but, uh, of course, the, the other two being Jimmy Neutron and Back at the Barnyard, uh, TV shows based on movies on Nickelodeon, um, and uh, this this one is definitely off to the roughest start. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's also, as you could probably guess, the only one of these three where barely any of the original cast members are signed on for the TV show. Who yeah. would have thought? Like the public, like will they do like will they do just like a lot of things that they know they can't bring into the TV show, but they have them in the movie anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like actors or like a certain like either level or type of animation. Yeah, like, I feel like a more honest thing was like how people transition the show a lot better because I have like I definitely like. Remember feeling some pretty jarring experiences going from a TV show to movie and like going to movie TV show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I I, I would. Like the Jimmy Neutron like TV series was like like did well at the time. Like, yeah, because they literally used all the assets from the movie. Um, to save money. They, yeah. they they actually did that to save money and it turned out really well. Yeah. Now of course the animation's a little dated, but Yeah. And I mean time, good. And I have fond memories of back at the barnyard. I don't remember much about the movie. Apparently it got bad reviews, but um I don't know. Um watching the movie like something after the TV show had come out. Remember with it, like remember like sitting down there watching the movie, and then my sister came in at some point, like like she was like like she like seen some episodes of the TV show in passing, and she looked at it and went like pointed to one character and said, "Who is that?" And I went looked at her scout and said, "You don't know who that is because I didn't know who that was either, but I didn't want to seem like I knew things." <laughs> <laughs> That's funny, um, and yeah, uh, as I meant, the only. According to IMDb, the only voice actors who are returning for the TV show are Ken Hudson Campbell, who voiced Boomer, and Ken Jeon, who voiced Cooper. So they couldn't even get both gophers, even though one of them's a former Nick star. Yeah. Um, uh, interesting, um, Peanut in the TV show is going to be voiced by the same guy who voices Beast Boy, Greg Sipes. Um, and, uh, John Oliver's being replaced by Patton Oswalt, which I'm surprised <laughs> they were able to get Patton Oswalt. 
Um, and um, before I before we go into final thoughts, I'd just like to read the plot summary that is posted on IMDb for Adventures in Wonder Park. Now, obviously, now keep in mind, like IMDb, like user, like anyone can edit IMDb stuff. So this plot summary was posted by Sonic-44966. That is their <laughs> username. Sonic is lowercase, all lowercase, by the way. Um, uh, and this is the plot summary they have written. Now, I guess they might have somehow gotten access to, like, the first episode or something for this plot summary cuz so this is the plot summary set after the movie june bailey starts school and she really nervous so she decides to keep her cool and go in everything is going smother for her but when i was time it stand for the pledge of allegiance she does so, but she puts her hand on the fox symbol she has on her clothes instead of her heart. The teacher stops the class and tells June to go home and practice saying the Pledge of Allegiance with her sister, and so she does so and give her a note to give to her mom. So when she got home, she gave her mom the note that her teacher gave to her. Her teacher's note said, Dear June's mom, June came to school and everything was going great, but when it was time to stand for the Pledge of Allegiance. She did so, but instead of putting her hand on her heart, she put her hand on her fox symbol she had on her clothes. Please tell June's older sister, which is one, the one with the pink shirt, to practice saying the Pledge of Allegiance <laughs> with her thank you from te June's teacher. June's mother te then tells June to go to her room when she gets while she gets her sister. Uh, she told her sister to practice saying the Pledge of Allegiance with her for school tomorrow, and June's sister did so. She w went to June's room wearing her pink shirt, and they practiced saying the Pledge of Allegiance for school tomorrow. No punctuation, random capitalization. <laughs> Just like the Mark Zuckerberg tweets in Game Crumbs. <laughs> Holy fucking shit. First of all... Yeah, that might not actually be the plot of the first episode. First of all, a sister? <laughs> yeah, that, that's not good. <laughs> um, yeah, so, wow. As soon as I saw that, I was like, okay, I need to read that on the podcast, because that's insane. <laughs> um, yeah, so I don't know when, what's going on with that show, um, but holy shit. <laughs> Um, oh, wait, it says April 2020 on IMDb more specifically. I scrolled down and it says April, so who knows? Wait, we're in April now. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel like we would have more information on this show if it was coming out in a couple days. But seriously, there's no other information on the show. Um, yeah, so who knows? I, I honestly wouldn't be surprised if it's if they canceled it because of the movie's poor reception. Although that didn't stop Barnyard, so 
I don't know. Also, didn't stop Star Wars: The Clone Wars. That's fair. <laughs> Although I'm sure that that probably still made a lot of money, and I'm sure they probably already had episodes made for that. I mean, clearly they have some stuff made for Adventures in Wonder Park because they have a yeah. trailer, but a really bad looking trailer but whatever um my i mean final thought again it's it's eh, it's very obvious there wasn't a director the entire way um they should have just gotten someone to do it um although i i would like if the or if their current plan for the show doesn't pan out I would love to watch a spin like if like get John Oliver back and yeah. just do a spin-off centered around Steve the Porcupine. I'm down for that. <laughs> then, okay, now like because of like course of like because of course of like all of the like the late night doctors are going like left and right have had to go like either in other like you know yeah i i would like to point out um if if it says anything about how well this movie did um He's made a lot of jokes about him being Zazu, but none about Steve the Porcupine. <laughs> um. Well, in all fairness, like, his, like even before like Lion King, like there was like a running joke of him getting like referred to like as, as looking like a bird. So. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Anyway, your final thoughts, so we can get on to the next movie. Uh, my final thoughts are the movie has a lot of interesting ideas. They could have made something really interesting out of out of. But it's overall, like, I think, as you mentioned earlier on, like, it is pretty disjointed. Like, obviously, you did a director and, like, they didn't execute super well on the premise. Yeah. And also, it's weird that they have a lot of, like, voice talent, for example, that they definitely can't bring back from the TV show, despite the movie being a pitch for the TV show. Yeah. Um, anyway. Um, on to our surprise second Alphabet movie. Yay! Um, it was X, the letter X, and I picked it, and the reason we decided to do them both this episode with this theme is that I ended up going with The X-Files, I Want to Believe, which is the second X-Files movie, and according to Wikipedia, is a completely standalone adventure, uh, not, con not directly connected to the storyline of the show. Um, so I was like, now I've never seen X-Files. Jacob, remind me like how much experience you have with X-Files. I have seen one episode of X-Files, which yeah. was called Jose Chung's in Our Space, which according to my professor in the class where I saw this episode, uh, is sort of a self-parody episode of X-Files. Oh. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, yeah, so, um, yeah, so I picked this, obviously, options very limited for the letter X, um, 
Yeah, we've already seen all the X-Men movies. We've watched them all together, in fact. Um, I wish I could have picked Xanadu, but it's not on any streaming services. Um, So it was either this or like a 15-minute short that was James Cameron's directorial debut, um, which I am still curious about. Um, uh, Anyway, um... So this movie, oh god, I I gotta try to remember the plot. Um, so it's obviously like so Mulder and Scully. Okay, yeah. Well, first of all, funny story. Before I get into the plot, funny story to illustrate how little I knew about X Files going into this. Um, so I do so at my college, you know. Under normal circumstances, not during the Backstreet Boys reunion tour. Um, I mean, I can say coronavirus because I don't get to because I don't get monetized anyway. But I like the running joke of the Backstreet Boys reunion tour. Um, so there, my my college, um, my college improv troupe, the runner-up improv troupe, has this weekly uh, thing called Wit. Uh, Winona Improvisational Theater every Wednesday night at nine, and um, it's basically just open mic improv night. They play a bunch of improv games. You can volunteer to play the games if you want. Um, super fun. I love improv, so I always go to it. Um, and uh, my favorite improv game is Director, where you have three performers acting out a scene from a movie that's never been made. And, uh, every so often another performer as the director comes on stage, yells cut, um, and changes the genre. And then you have to perform a scene from that movie, but in the genre you're given, um, super fun. Um, I, I don't know why, maybe it's just cause of my love of movies that like my best comedic material comes out of that game. Um, and one time I played it, uh, the, the movie that was suggested to us was like, um, Mulder and Scully go treasure hunting or something like that. <laughs> it was like either Mulder and Scully go treasure hunting or Mulder and Scully on vacation or s- something. It was something to do with Mulder and Scully. Uh, or no, wait, no, it was, no, it wasn't even that. It was. Okay, so, like, my friend Cameron was going for a really elaborate joke. It was some joke. The title was, like, something to do with something else David Duchovny was in. Um. Or, like, I think it was, like, a song that also, like, shared its name with a movie that David Duchovny was in. Or something like that. Um, and so he went, so he played Mulder. Oh, it's, oh, Hotel Californication, I believe was the name of the movie we were given. Yeah, yeah, no, that's, well, that's, yeah, that's the, that is the, that is the movie title we were given. Or some, no. I think it was that. 
Um, and so as a joke, because David Duchovny is also in the show Californication, um, he made himself Mulder and at the beginning of the scheme was calling for Scully uh, to help out. Now, I did not know who Mulder and Scully were, so I made up this character named Scully who was literally just a skeleton. <laughs> that was my character. And like every joke I made was just about me having nothing but bones. Um <laughs> I specifically remember one of the genres we were given was musical and I was like I can feel it in my bones, cause that's all I have. <laughs> it was so stupid, but I loved it. Um, again, I had no idea who Mulder and Scully were before this. So anyway, that's a big sidetrack. I gotta get back on track because... So, basically, um, Mulder and Scully... I are retired at this point, I guess. Scully's apparently a doctor. Um, and, um, but they get called back into duty by the FBI, um, because there's, one of their agents is kidnapped, and there's this, uh, former priest who is also a convicted child molester, um, and also a psychic, um, who is seeing visions pertaining to the kidnapped agent, and as it turns out, um, there's this group of people, one of which is one of the priest's former altar boys, um, who are kidnapping people, kidnapping girl? I think it's specifically girls. No, it was mixed. We just only saw a girl. Okay. Well, they were kidnapping people and harvesting their organs for... I forget. <laughs> uh, it was, they were harvesting their organs for a black market organ transplant. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that's it. Um, so yeah... That's, that's the thing, that's the plot, uh, they, they, they conquer them in the end, and, yeah, and then there's also a subplot with, like, one of Scully's patients, who's a boy, I forget what illness he has, but, like, Some yeah, they wanna, like, the 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 rest of the hospital employee the the rest of the hospital faculty want to send him to like a nur a, a di like a nursing home or something like a hospice center yeah hospice center um his family thinks they should just pull the plug uh but Scully works out a way that they could perform a surgery on him to save his life. And at the end, the end of the movie is just them about to go into the surgery. And that's it. Oh, and apparently Mulder, I, I'm guessing, like, I would know what happened if I had watched the show. But, like, Mulder ends up 
apparently he's like wanted by the FBI, but they forgive him in exchange for him coming back on this task. So that's, that's a thing. Um, initial thoughts. Well, uh, based on your description, I feel like you have a couple initial thoughts. I mean, I thought it was okay. Uh, I probably would have liked it more if I actually had seen X-Files before. But yeah, I mean, it was it was better than Wonder Park. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I didn't actually have a ton of notes on this movie, uh, but like one of the like few notes I did have was basically my my thoughts on this. Uh, other than the glorification of pedophiles, pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I was I was really thrown off guard by that. I was not yeah. expecting like, cause like. The way it's revealed is Mulder makes, like, a, a, a crude, like, sex joke about, uh, like, going to bed with, with the priest. And then the FBI agent is like, he's a convicted child molester. And he's like, okay, so maybe I won't go to bed with him. Um... Or no, maybe I won't let him kiss my ass or something. Like, some, it was something like that. Um, so, yeah, it just really, like, came out of nowhere. Like, I was not expecting it. And, like, yeah, it was weird. Also, another thing I thought was kind of weird is the, the, the female FBI agent in question, um, played by Amanda Peet, who... I am most familiar with as the leading girl in the comedy movie Saving Silverman? Which apparently it got really bad reviews, but I love it. It's it, it's it's pretty funny. It's pretty crude though. Um at least the version I I I think I watched the unrated version. Um when I saw it, but it's got, um, Jason Biggs, I believe. Let me, let me double check that. I know Jack Black's in it and he's hilarious. He, he plays, he plays a gay man. Um, and they're like all, like it's three guys who are in like a Neil Diamond cover band. And one of them ends up falling for this girl played by Amanda Pete. Um, who ends up like ruining his who who basically is like to, uh, like a control freak and so like his two other friends are trying to like break them up um and saving silverman uh, if you will um because his name is Sil silverman yeah 2001 yeah jason biggs is is silverman and then it's also got steve zahn who was the uh dad in diary of a wimpy kid among other things, of course, but <laughs> that's what you would probably recognize him from. Wait, have you seen those movies? Yep. Okay, just making sure. Just making sure. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Anyway. Um. Yeah. Completely sidetracked there. Um. But also because I don't have a lot of specifics on this one either. Um. Uh. The Amanda Peet character dies, just, and that is pretty sudden. Yeah, and they basically never bring it up again. Yeah, um, yeah. the ending is also kind of abrupt with 
um, you know, her with, like, you know, they're about to go into the surgery, but we don't know what happens there. Um, also, I didn't realize uh, Mulder and Scully were a couple. Yeah, I didn't either. <laughs> um, but yeah, you see them in they bed together, really and apparently they have a child that's never brought up again. Yeah. They keep, they keep getting tasked with the paranormal stuff. Yeah. Maybe 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 it's established they but maybe they be form a romantic connection in like one of the later seasons or something. Probably. I wouldn't be yeah, surprised if it if it pulled that trope of like the the two unlikely friends end up falling in love. Although like I will say that from the like minus the romantic stuff, from that episode of Expo, it did like definitely get the impression that like from the movie that this is like the same Mulder and Scully. Like the character just seemed pretty consistent with what I saw in that one episode. Yeah. Um. Not like both of like roles as Mulder as the guy who really really wants to believe in the paranormal stuff and Scully as the skeptic. But also like a bit more than specific too. Yeah. Gosh, I I really wish yeah, I had just, more to say just, about this movie. Gathered from that one episode, the movie does like for like just like a really long episode of Exiles. Yeah, yeah, it does. So, de- so if that's the kind of thing you're looking for, it exists. It's all right. Yeah, I mean, if you're a fan of X Files and haven't seen this movie, I'm sure. Like, again, I feel like I probably would have liked it more if I had seen X Files. And honestly, after watching this movie, I'm not sure if I want to check out X-Files. Again, that, that's another show that, like, I might check out at some point. I don't know. Um, yeah, it was, like... God, I feel really bad that I don't have much to say about this one. Um, especially because I picked it out. Um, but, again, my options were very limited. Yeah. Um... I also really didn't want to watch those Vin Diesel triple X movies. Um, because I think it's pretty established that like Vin Diesel's only good role is Groot. Which is insane because that's literally just him saying, I am Groot. Various different ways. The Iron Giant. Oh yeah, that's him too. I forgot. I still haven't seen Iron Giant. Yeah. I know, I need to. Um, if only I was the next letter instead of Y, then I'd actually have an excuse to watch it. Well, what year did it come out? That's a good question. Hold on. Also, is it on any streaming services? That's probably a better question, actually. <laughs> um... Yeah, God. Uh, so. so that would be your pick if if you wanted to pick it. If it's on any streaming service, I've also like. I mean, I've heard the movie so good. I'd be willing to rent it. Um. Uh God, I really don't have much to say about this movie. Um. I'm trying to think of, like, what do you have other other stuff to say about X Files? I want to believe. Not really. Fuck. Damn. Um. 
Oh, I thought it was a little weird that, like, even though the, you know, the priest has clearly established psychic abilities, that, like, at the end, Scully still doubts it. Well, that's kind of a thing from the show where, like, paranormal stuff happens, but at the end, there's no, like, real proof of it. But, like... Because, like, like, lost, because, like stuff happens, like... But then, how how the fuck do you explain the eyes bleeding, first of all? And, like, the the psychic seizure? Um, well, they also mentioned that he was also, like, really ill. Yeah. So those could probably be, like, hand-related to relating to that. Yeah, I guess. But, like, I, I don't know. <laughs> Again, like... If... If we did a miserable movie Oscars for, like, the movies we watched for the Film Alphabet Challenge, this would get the bonus award for Most Forgettable for me, probably. Um, yeah, I can see that. I would give that to Gold, but unfortunately I can't forget some parts of that movie. <laughs> um, I, I guess, final thoughts, again, it, I mean, I thought it was fine, it, Again, I would probably like it a lot more if I had actually seen X-Files, but, like, yeah. it, it was, it wasn't, it wasn't nearly the best thing I watched for this film alphabet challenge, but not nearly the worst thing either, so. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. If I found thoughts is that, found thoughts is that it was, like, a two-hour version of an episode of a long-running series. No. Yeah. So, there you there you go. Sorry, this one was a little, you know, uh, not much there, but, like, I mean, in our defense, we, we were already getting kind of long in this episode. Um, well, not too long, but, um, do you have a movie picked out for Y yet? Uh, no, because, unfortunately, Y is also one of some pretty slim options. More common than you'd think, but, yeah. More, more common than X, yeah, but not All right. super common. And, yeah, I'm still debating between a couple for Z, but, um, yeah, I mean, we're almost done with this film alphabet challenge. Uh, and as Jacob and I mentioned, um, we are planning on, after the film alphabet challenge is done, we're going to do a uh, another film viewing challenge where we basically take turns picking movies for each year we've been alive so i'll pick a movie for 1998 since that's the year i was born he'll pick a movie for 1999 since that's when he was born and we'll just keep going with that until whatever year it is we are done with that challenge either this year or next year because i don't know how long it'll take if we if we do the plan i have for the um, anniversary, although that is seeming less and less likely by the day, unfortunately, uh, yeah. because of the Backstreet Boys reunion tour, um, that would help us get through it a lot quicker, but I don't know if that's actually gonna happen, unfortunately. Yeah. Although, we could also get blessed by that plan also being available on a streaming service that Jacob has access to. Yeah. So, who knows? It's all up in the air at this point. Much like the industry we discuss every episode on this podcast. 
Yeah. And of course, you although can. The, although the one thing that the Backstreet Boys Metroid does lend an advantage to is they'll certainly have enough time to pull it off if they're able to. Yeah, for sure. Because I'm unlikely to have a job this summer. Yeah, yeah. That... I would have had a job. That doesn't seem like it's going to be the case now. Yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, who knows? Because my plan was to get an internship related to the actual field that I'm studying, and that's not seeming super likely at the moment. And then my backup job was working at a water park. And yeah, that, that's not happening. Yeah. Uh. And I was gonna probably, and I was, I wanted to act in a play this summer, but nah. <laughs> yeah. Well, mm, a lot of stuff is up in the air right now. Well. Uh, we'll see how the world turns out. Um, but rest assured, we'll keep doing this podcast. In fact, since Jacob and I are almost done with classes, we, we should yeah. be able to get these episodes out a lot more regularly now, which yeah. is nice. Um, and, of course, you, you can check these episodes out not just on YouTube, but also on anchor.fm slash nolightspodcast. You can also check out my other podcast, The Miserable Movies You Miss, where I talk about uh, mis- miserable movies, movies I watch for Miserable Movie Monday that can't be posted because of copyright. You can check that out at anchor.fm slash miserable movies. Um, Aren't we also on Spotify through Anchor? Yes, we are also on Spotify. Um, I assume you can just search up No Lights, No Camera Action yeah, yeah. on yeah. Spotify. Um, and if anchor puts us on more platforms i'll let you guys know um but yeah that's that's about it um oh and i i I should mention we're we're actually like officially sponsored by anchor too um oh nice yeah so um once we actually get like regular like a decent amount of listeners on anchor um, we could potentially make some money off of this podcast, <laughs> really which would be, which would be yeah. cool. Of course, it also feels really weird to be able to say, "Hey, check us out on Spotify." So yeah, I mean, you know, I Nathan Schuer, uh, yeah. thank him. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's gonna be it. Peace. Adios. And scene.